Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tisha's Thoughts. I'm Tish, your lovely host, and I know it's been a minute. Forgive me, sorry, not sorry, um, but we're back with season two. And I'm really excited about what we'll have in store for you guys this season. And I'm with the lovely Jasmine. Say hey, Jasmine. Hello, everybody. Yes. Hello, hello the world. Um, <laughs> and I'm just really excited to like get us going and um, just start this new season of finding growth and bettering our mental health through that growth and things that brought us through things and just all the lovely things, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes. So, Miss Jasmine, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Good, good. Yeah. Um, so, why don't you tell the people out there a little bit about yourself and just Man. give a little background. We'll dig into the nitty gritty in a minute, but all right well let's see i probably met you it's probably been three years now because i've been in chicago for four years i moved out here for an engineering job and really got connected through church and really got to know you through that and our friendship has just blossomed through that time and it's been so amazing like seeing that grow and watching it just become what it is and uh yeah, so I used to be an engineer. I am no longer. I am uh, have changed career paths, and I'm now getting a master's in refugee and forced migration studies, which I'm super excited about. So it's been it's been a crazy year for me with just change upon change upon loss, right. like just one thing after another. Yeah, yeah it's but it's, it's all been like transition. Good. Yes. 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 Transition is the perfect word. <laughs> I, I feel like that like everyone was like, okay, we gonna level up 2020 2020 vision. They're like, ooh no, 2020 <laughs> transitions. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yes. Life is changing. So that's mm-hmm. always good. Um so yeah, we met a few years ago now and I um I just love how that some of the conversations we've been able to have about our past and I just wanted to like dig in a little more with you about that. Um, one thing I'd like to share is Jasmine is Asian American, and um, during this climate, in particular, with like the COVID and the pandemic, and um, kind of the um, just heightened awareness of crimes hate crimes against the asian community um just kind of had me thinking more um of the kind of the similarities that the black and asian community have more so than differences and when it comes to some of our experiences um in this country and so like with that Miss Jasmine, like, share a little bit about, like, what was your childhood like um, mm-hmm. for you? Like, where did you grow up? What, what was your childhood like? Your family background, kind of. Sure, yeah. So, I grew up 
until high school, I was in Ohio and we were in a military town. So there was a lot of people from all over the place. So my time in Ohio wasn't too bad. So my dad um, originally came from Malaysia and came to the States, became a citizen. And my mom is from Pennsylvania. So a good old Heinz 57 there. And uh, it was, I really like, didn't have a huge influence of like uh, my Asian heritage as a kid. Like it was just something that was just part of me and it was that was it there was no big deal about it but it wasn't until I moved to Pennsylvania where it kind of became um my identity forced upon by other people so I had gone to this new very small very white school and my brother and I were the only Asian kids in uh, in the whole school and so we were like this novelty and for the first couple of weeks at school I was known as the Chinese girl like before people even really knew my name they're like oh that's the new Chinese girl and I'm only half Chinese so and there's also a lot more to me than just my race and at the time I just kind of you know brushed it off and I was like it's okay it's whatever and but that was really like the start was like junior high high school of people marking me by my race and identifying me as that before anything else and looking back that caused a lot of hurt that I didn't even realize and start to recognize until this year when I started digging in more into like those microaggressions and what that means and what that does to a person yeah that's actually kind of one of the that was one of the questions I had was you know, I know in the conversations we've had, it's it's something very recent for you to um, process what um, that was like. And, you know, people throw around the word trauma um, quite a bit. And so sometimes I feel like we're the 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 meaning of it can lose some of its kind of. Uh, clout I guess I could should say but it's mm-hmm. still I mean the word is is still you know very poignant in um your story so yeah so how like could you share like what you kind of remember from like a a microaggression or a macroaggression yeah, I mean, macro is obviously much easier to recall and to right. and to to remember. Like, it really the biggest one that stands out to me was I uh, I used to play basketball in high school, and in Pennsylvania where we played, we played a lot of really small rural schools with very little diversity. And one of the schools that we were playing, uh, we went to their high school, and during the game, the like student section there was chanting chink at me, and was, and that was just like, obviously, they were doing what they wanted to do, and it was making me flustered, and I was just so angry, and I remember, like, at that moment, never feeling that way before in my life, and like, coming off the court, um, my coach was like, what is wrong with you, like, what's going on, and I couldn't even, I was so angry, and so hurt, and so upset, I couldn't even get the words out, like, I just, tears just of anger formed in my eyes, and I just, like, completely shut down, and then uh, I eventually was able to, like, block them out, and continue on with the game, but that moment has always stuck with me, that it was just so hurtful in a manner that people have never people who don't even know me have ever done that like it just it blew my mind that people would want to make me feel so small because of my race 
Oh, girl, that part. That yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so when I think about my childhood and and for me it was it was similar in the sense of I when we moved the more north we would move in our county the more white it became and I became mm-hmm. I truly became the minority um yeah and where it was like one or two black kids in the class or something like that or I'd be mm-hmm. the only black kid in the class mm-hmm. um and yeah like it it is very fascinating um what you are triggered by without even realizing that you're meant to be triggered by it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Um, it it it's it's almost this. Uh, I've always told people it's like a sixth sense that you didn't want <laughs> to to yeah. be able to pick up on on people's kind of questioning of your validity as a human because mm-hmm. you happen to be a different race than them mm-hmm. um so yeah that to make you small like it it's always you know first and the reason why they want to make you small is because they don't know you They're exactly what you said they don't want they don't know you they don't know me and they're what they do know is all kind of like inflated misunderstandings and ignorance and yes ignorance like, a lot of ignorance yeah and it's just like how are you like help me just like how do you justify being so hateful like during a basketball game yeah a high school basketball game that literally means nothing and you feel like you have this entitlement this authority over me because i'm not a hundred percent white like (laughs) girl and it's like because it's visible that you're not white Mm -hmm. too you know Mm -hmm. it's it's like what about the people who pass as white and are complete that's not their ethnicity it's just mm-hmm. again it goes to this this making of people of like making people monolithic and one-dimensional and like a thing mm-hmm. and it it's like hey <laughs> I'm pretty sure much more than that, you know. Yeah, there's a lot more going on than just what my face and my features look like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty great, but <laughs> right, you know, like it's, that's something, you know. Of course, you know, high school is far away, and it just shows like how those things like stick with you, you know, like. Mm-hmm my experience my first year my new elementary school in fourth grade like I was called the n-word like all the time every day almost by this one boy and like and I did try to tell like little Mm -hmm. t was up (laughs) (laughs) she was trying to say stuff too you know and to be like shut down and it's like well what's the point of saying anything yeah you know and it's 
yeah, it, it's just crazy how things, you know, and that people can minimize that, that it's like no big deal. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a little teasing. And I'm just like, you're teasing of something that's innate of me that I, I was created as, you know, like, yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of what microaggressions are. Cause I really didn't even realize until this year, how much of those microaggressions have like defined and have hurt me in very small ways that just continue to build and build and build. Mm -hmm. And it was one of my really good friends who actually pointed it out to me because she was doing a lot of work and um, educating of herself about race and how she interacts with others. And she, we were having a conversation. It was really great. And she mentioned that she was like, I should never call you my Asian best friend. She's like, you're just my best friend. Like, why do I have to put that that word before that? Because that doesn't define you any differently than another friend. Like, you are my best friend, period. Like, your race does not play a role in that. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Because all throughout, and a lot of it had been through like junior high and high school, I would even add that modifier to whatever I would be like talking about myself. Like I also was uh, complicit in these microaggressions towards myself. And that was just like mind blowing to realize that not only was I receiving it from others, but I was doling it on myself mm -hmm. and accepting of it from others and yeah. like setting the tone. It you, you don't realize how much when you get into these sphere spheres of influence and you, you know, you're one of the few that look like you, how easily you are kind of forced or caroused into assimilating to the culture that is that you're in. Because um, we just want to fit in. Like we yeah, just want to be like everyone else. And yeah. if everyone else around you is white, then that's what you're going to try and play up in your life. Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh sometimes i i'm not gonna lie there's been times where when i re like i think back on on times and i'm like i want to like pinch <laughs> why were you okay with that but then yes. you're like when you're the only one in the room you are like deep down you're mortified of what could happen if you try to be vocal or you're just so used to being mm -hmm. pacified to shut up that you're like oh that's not a good look older Tisha it just didn't work yeah <laughs> yeah know? no it's it's hard being like one of the few to be the minority in the room mm -hmm. like and it not everyone gets an opportunity to experience that and it's not a it's not a fun place to be but it's very eye-opening when you do have that perspective yeah i um i i'm like so grateful that i not only am i black but a child of immigrants and there's multiple mm -hmm. stories of course especially in this day and age right now and the climate that we're in that I can speak from experience but man like to get to that point uh, of at times like not being ashamed or being scared to reveal that 
because you just don't want it you just want a day of peace at school <laughs> like yeah oh um, yes <laughs> you know yeah like you don't want to you know oh, man oh man yeah and for me i internalize so much of my feelings um and i've gotten much better over the years but a lot of times in high school i would like my friends would always constantly be reminding me of my race and my ethnicity in whatever ways and on certain days it would just build to be too much and i would just get angry and i'd be like i get it i'm chinese like you think i don't know this and then i'd be like yeah yeah, okay whatever and then just like rush it off and never have a real conversation about this and like that's definitely not the right way (laughs) to approach a situation but that was like that was my coping mechanism back for sure understandable and like um are you are you friends with any of those people still a couple of them yeah so the girl i was talking to earlier this summer who like um made me realize all these microaggressions she is a friend from that time and she uh like she apologized for all of what she had done to me and said to me and uh, was very sincere about it. And it was one of the most touching apologies I've ever had in my entire life. Like it meant, I didn't even know how much I needed that apology in my life. And it healed parts of me that I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't know that that was broken and that was hurt until she confronted that, brought it up and then sincerely apologized. Yeah. And it was it was so healing. I mean, our friendship was is amazing and has never been broken through that time, but it just like it just grew by tenfold even in that right interaction. I, yeah, that's so awesome. Like <laughs> that is um that is like that is the beauty of maturity, right? Yeah, like yes. the the beauty of um humility and being able to recognize which is not always easy i'm not gonna say it's an easy thing for people not Uh, easy at all listen i was talking to a friend last night and i was like if anything 2020 has showed me how pride is truly detrimental (laughs) to people okay pride is i'm not saying i'm free of it i'm just saying being able to see what it's done (laughs) It's not cute. I hear that. It's not cute. So So props to to that. And like props to you for like being willing to to use that as a time of like what it is of healing and not Mm -hmm. letting that be something harmful to a beautiful, you know, long friendship. Um, And I think like how I how has um that in in those formative years those are the years right like you decide like kind of who you could be attracted to like mm-hmm. you know what you may like I mean of course that changes you know we're older now but mm-hmm. um you know in hindsight it if people really think about it, it that's the, you know what you see is kind of like what you accept um yeah so how like you know did you like how did dating look like for you like when you started in the sense of you know did you feel pressured to like date only an Asian guy or like were you kind of oh no I'm just gonna date white guys like how did and how did that look like for you yeah so 
I mean, I really didn't have <laughs> many options for race at my high school. In college, definitely more so, but at that point I was already in a relationship. But really, like you had said, like what you're surrounded by, like that's what you typically would then lean towards. And for me, that was just a good old cookie cutter Caucasian man. <laughs> and that definitely is still very true. I do find myself mostly um, attracted to other white men, but I mean, as I've gotten older, I think I've come to appreciate other cultures and other races more so, and I'm much more open to dating outside of just Caucasian men. And if I'm being 100% honest, it's a little bit intimidating because there are a lot of like cultural factors and um, I guess just unknowns and ignorance on my part, for sure. I. I'm definitely aware of how ignorant I am in so many areas and that's a little bit scary going into it and being like, oh, I'm going to try this new thing and I know nothing or I'm going to like start associating with um, this person who is of a different heritage of me. Like, am I going to screw up? Am I going to say the wrong thing? Am I going to make a fool of myself? Like, there's just a lot more to consider when it comes in, like in terms of dating too. Yeah. Um, have you ever faced kind of those microaggressions um, or criticism in your dating situations or relationships? I situationships? <laughs> <laughs> no, romantically, I don't think I have, which I feel very lucky to have dated relatively decent guys who never made me feel less than for my race and that is that is really great like well done them on that part <laughs> yeah you get <laughs> like a that. quarter <laughs> of a cookie for that okay that's like the very bare minimum right like we should be setting much higher standards than that Girl. when it comes to relationships mm -hmm. too you ain't never lied okay okay <laughs> <laughs> Oh, can you not be a douchebag? Truth. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's been great. Um, well, you know, I had to get to this question too, because you know, as a black female, it's something mm -hmm. that I'm always um, having to kind of carry with me as a protective guard. But like, when it it's come to like the fetishizing of um, mm -hmm. the women in our communities, where mm -hmm. have you ever have received or been on the end of that or if you have like what did that feel like or you know how what are your thoughts on on that I should say I mean luckily again I haven't interacted with too many terrible people which like thank goodness I'm very particular about how much I will put myself out there and to who like if I do that means you've really like passed a lot of tests that you didn't even know were tests but i mean like yes. in chicago catcalling is super normal yep. and that it shouldn't be it's but unfortunately it is a it is a thing of this day and age and i feel like a lot of times that is more so where i've seen it from and it just it's i hate it i hate it so much but because i feel like it just degrades you down to just this physical appearance mm -hmm. and and that's not okay and like i get people have their preferences and that's completely fine like that is okay you prefer one thing to another but that doesn't mean that you should then 
boil that person down to just become this um this object of desire based Mm -hmm. on their looks there's so much more to a person than what's just on the surface girl and like that's it's 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 just super frustrating because Mm -hmm. you know you're like it's like an added layer of of questions that you have to kind of not only ask but watch and see like what is their natural inkling to say to you um yeah just be aware of it yeah and it's it's like sad that we have to do that you know Mm -hmm. and you know i've even had some friends and i'm like no he's fetishizing me and they're like how do you know and i'm like bruh these these are not the act kind of questions would you answer these questions like i mean mm-hmm. come on you know i am you know we are more than our our orifices are more than our lips our butts are and it's it's still it's just frustrating that this still is like such a kind of plague on yes. women and in our society and it's <sighs> yeah yes it's you so know, frustrating it's so it's so frustrating like mm-hmm. oh, girl that's that's a whole nother kit and caboodle okay <laughs> just, that's a whole nother episode yeah it's like they ain't ready sis <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean like the question like where are you from like may seem so simple but there's so much loaded and packed into that question yes tell me about it tell me about it that is one of my least favorite questions because i will literally every time answer ohio i'm from ohio and then you'll get someone be like yeah 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 but like where are you from and I'm like Ohio born and raised in Ohio you want more I'm a midwestern girl like what are you trying to get at you I want you to be as blatant as your question is being like I'm trying to make you face your rudeness in that question like if you want to know my ethnicity ask my ethnicity like don't just ask me where I'm from I'm a citizen but it's frustrating because people don't even realize like if you've never been faced with that question in the manner of which it's being said in this case you don't even realize how offensive and rude it is and we need more people to like be upfront about it and be like no no no. what are you really asking because it's okay to ask me what my race is i right. absolutely have a conversation with you about it i'll tell you all about my dad and his journey to the states and Exactly. And like my journey being what who I am and my experiences. But I also need you to be upfront and frank about what your intentions are with asking this question. Right. And then sometimes like I've be being a, of learning that, especially from like towards the age Asian community. Um, because mm-hmm. I you know, that's something I had to learn for myself of like being aware of those kind of micro towards the Asian community. Mm-hmm. Um because down here usually you know it wasn't cool being the haitian kid you know like it's not mm-hmm. you know there's south east asian a large population of that down here but um yeah girl and it, <laughs> that's again another whole episode of the oh, trauma yeah, of being bullied <laughs> for being haitian in south florida but um 
but yeah i it was something that i was like oh my gosh i'm a, i didn't mean it i felt so embarrassed or whatever um this was many years ago and i was like oh girl check yourself and um but yeah like just and so like when i genuinely want to know like where you're from especially living in chicago where most yeah. people aren't originally from chicago but sometimes mm-hmm. i've had to be i'm like in my mind like in my mind thoughts i'm like extra uh insecure when i ask someone of an asian background like because i'm like i don't want you to think i'm asking your ethnicity if i wanted to know your ethnicity yes. i'd ask you <laughs> I'm like genuinely I, I want to know where you're like from in the states okay and I think that goes back to what you're saying earlier is like you and I both have this read the sixth sense of how a question is being asked by a person mm-hmm. and like if you were to ask me that question I would know that you don't mean like what is your ethnicity like why do you look the way you look like you genuinely mean like where did you live before this city because you're not from Chicago yeah <laughs> <laughs> and like it's just there's just so much more to like how the question is said that like again you and I can just read it at a different level than somebody who is just a good old Heinz 57 blend wouldn't necessarily see it as right right and that's why I'm like I'm trying to I'm trying to remind myself because um I'm like oh please no that's not what I meant I hope okay they're cool fine it's cool it's <laughs> great not who I am <laughs> I'm not one of those people <laughs> just love me <laughs> oh my gosh um but girl um so like when you how would you uh share like express what it felt like to kind of when once you did get into more when was it that you got more into a a diverse situation where you met others in the from the asian community or felt like um not as much of an outsider necessarily um i know for it was like college and like Mm -hmm. so like tell the peoples a little bit more about that (laughs) so i actually have a very um interesting like story when it comes to that because I am half Asian so I'm half white half Asian and in college was really my first exposure to a lot of different races a lot of different cultures and backgrounds uh and actually no rewind in high school so my dad lived and worked in South Korea for two years and over that time I went to visit him one summer for a month and that was Um, the first time I had experienced the reverse of what I had experienced in Pennsylvania. So I was going to South Korea where the majority of the people are South Korean and there aren't a lot of blended, uh, very homogenous there. Yes, exactly. And the younger generations are much more accepting of blended families of marrying outside of, um, your race which is awesome but the older generations are not and i remember going to the store with my dad and there was like this um elder woman there and then her daughter who ran the store and the older woman had i wish i knew the term for it and but she had called me something she didn't speak english so it was in korean and 
her daughter was like translating because we were just chatting with the store owners. And uh, basically what it translated down to was she was calling me a half breed because I was not 100% of Asian descent, nor was I 100% of like uh, of Caucasian American, whatever that word means to you, descent. Uh, and I was like, oh, I, oh, what? Like it just threw me for a loop. And then in college, I actually experienced a little bit of the same from the from some Asian groups as well, where I like I wasn't necessarily fully accepted because I wasn't 100 percent Chinese. Like I had this other part of me that didn't fit into their box in their world. And I was like, this is weird. I'm and I have other friends who are half Asian, too, who I understand this. Like we don't really fit in either race because there's and I don't know maybe this is just a even more bigger cultural issue of like being so exclusive of people coming in and it was just like a weird like floater limbo like where do I belong kind of question yeah and I feel like I didn't really find a place of where I like truly felt like I belonged and like was accepted for where or who I am as I am until I got to Chicago and I I think that also just helps with it being a big city and having like so many people just openly accepting of all of these different whether it's your lifestyle or um your race or like your economic background like it's cool we're all just trying to make it here in the city and also like having a really strong church group to really pour into me of who my identity is outside of my race has been so helpful in that yeah that really um uh my our faith has really my faith i should say has really (laughs) gave me the peace that Yeah. yeah that you know, like it says in a good book, it surpasses all understanding in the sense of my identity and who I am as um, an heir and an image bearer of God. Because clearly, yes. people have a problem <laughs> with yeah. this beautiful melanated skin. Um, Amen. Girl. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it... it if it, I don't, it was, it's definitely been my, my faith that has allowed me to, you know, have the, the confidence of who I am and mm-hmm. be proud and, and bring, put, pour back into, um, being proud of being a black woman because that's what my yes. creator gave me and he created me as. And so, yeah, I, I so agree, um, with you on that. And, um, like, how would you say, hmm, just to give it some time frame, like, in the last year, how in, in learning and revisiting these things that have happened, these experiences, how has it affected your mental health and how has your kind of your view of your mental health maybe changed since in the last year with with processing, you know, these past traumas and hurts and like maybe new traumas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of it is kind of one reflecting 
myself of what I've gone through and what I may have inflicted onto other people and then assessing those relationships. So when my friend apologized to me, that, like I said, like was amazing and incredibly um, moving in my life. And so then I took the time to sit down and write down people in my life who I have probably um, hurt in the same way that people have hurt me without even realizing it. And in that list, there have been certain people who I've reached out to, yourself included, which is what started this conversation really between us and um, and just starting the conversation of race and apologizing for the microaggressions that I have put upon them because of my ignorance and just sincerely apologizing, but not every single person from my life that I've reached out to either. And that's more of a reflection of just figuring out who I can have those conversations with and who, what relationships are uh, more important, I guess. <laughs> but also I think I have grown in how I handle microaggressions now as well. Like I am much more willing to confront them because I'm like, I'm not going to sit in this hurt and just pretend like it doesn't exist. I'm going to actually talk about it and bring it up and make you aware of your ignorance, but also like try and come from a point of grace where it's an open conversation and this conversation is meant to be constructive and like it might hurt, it might be difficult, but it's better than ignoring these things and just letting letting it fester in my heart and in my mind. And so I feel like I'm much better at confronting those things and just having the difficult conversation and calling out my friends when they are ignorant to certain things. And, and I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. So <laughs> part of it is like, I do need to step up and take responsibility and uh, talk to certain people in my life. And there are certain people who I will talk to about this and others where it's like, it's not worth that energy because I, there's not going to be a, a change necessarily. For sure. And and it's not that I've given up on them. It's more so that it's like, all right, I will have a conversation with you, maybe two. But then there comes a point where it's like, all right, I have to step away from my own mental health because I'm not going to throw all of this energy at something that's never going to change. At that point, it's like, I will pray for you and let God do his work. Because right. I'm not God. I do not need to solve everyone's problems and make everyone aware of these things and that that has just come with setting come with like my setting of boundaries this year and learning how to properly navigate different friendships and different relationships we all know how i feel about boundaries (laughs) 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 yes and yes and yes yeah love it yeah you we have to protect our peace because no one Mm -hmm. is gonna do it for us god has given it to us but we got to protect it and uh yeah, ain't no, not, not today. Okay. Not yeah. today. Satan is, mm-hmm. it's clearly what it is. And yeah, I love that. I love, um, in like how in wanting to grow and educating yourself is bringing you that, that clarity that you've been needing and wanting. Um, mm-hmm. and I'd say even a sense of confidence too in having those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's hard to have a conversation about something that you know nothing about. Like, 
you don't want to look like an idiot, but the more I've dug in, the more I've learned, the more I've uncovered, the more I'm like, okay, yeah, I need to have this conversation. Yeah, it's, I, it's just being willing. I think that is the beauty of it, is always just being willing to do something, um, whether it's just to sit or listen or ask. And I know, you know, it's not easy by any means, not every conversation, but at the end of it, it's always worth it. Absolutely. It's you always know? worth it to have that difficult conversation. Yeah. And I, and I feel like it's, um, it kind of helps you cipher out to like who is truly for you and who is just like, there's something about you that appeases them like that they like but they haven't fully embraced all of who you are and if they're not willing to have that conversation then why should I give the piece of me that you are wanting or that you like um or minimize I've you know I'm learning especially in these last uh you know in my late 20s I'm not aging myself <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah 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 um I uh, um I especially in these last you know six-ish years of life we'll say that um realizing how much I minimized myself to make others feel comfortable of being around me because the parts of me um, didn't fit and assimilate to that part of their of the majority's kind of culture or lack thereof and um, being okay with making people uncomfortable because if you're uncomfortable because I am being fully me. You're not uncomfortable because I'm wrong or I'm offending you. And if I am offending you, it's something that you have to work out in yourself. And I don't got the time. God didn't give me that portion. It's not my mm-hmm. duty to make you feel yes. comfortable. Um, exactly. It's not our responsibility to lessen ourselves and our truth and who we are in order to make someone else in our life feel more comfortable. Yeah, like that's not right that's so at all. Like, that's so hurtful and it's just it's not good for your mental health let's be real it's it's <laughs> very yeah it's very degrading um yeah, it makes degrading. people feel like there's something that constant feeling like there's something wrong with you because in revealing this sense of self um you've been kind of been told no that's not okay and it's like no it is a whole 100 percent a-okay and then some um Mm -hmm. and don't let anyone tell you differently and and i think that that is a beautiful journey towards holistic living um and holistic self which then in part is nurturing and taking care of your mental health um Mm -hmm because it's one less thing that is 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 causing destruction on on all of that 
the upper room stuff, you know, the brain, the heart, yeah. the soul, <laughs> oh, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so, like, of course, this one last question, fitting with this current climate, um, with he who shall not be named ever on this <laughs> podcast, um, and how he, they have handled um, the COVID pandemic, and how some of his remarks have really not have incited even more kind of hateful rhetoric to the Asian community. Um, have you felt anything or experienced anything other than, I mean, his words enough are horrible to anyone, um, but have you experienced anything or what have your thoughts been? Um, Cause this is one of the things that like, we've we've kept aside um during our convos um since this whole thing has started earlier in this year how is how is this the rhetoric and all of it and the escalated hate crimes towards asian community how has that made you feel or have you experienced anything yeah luckily i because i am half asian half white i'm able to kind of blend back and forth and kind of mold to whichever one appeases mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever situation I'm in. So luckily I haven't had any outright um, hate directed at me because of this. And I think also a lot of it is because I'm much more um, particular about who gets to be a part of my life now. And I don't just let anybody in. So people who are going to be hateful to me will not be a part of my life. And I, uh, yeah, I'm very... I just snapped my fingers for, you know, (laughs) those you can't see. Snap, snap. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, personally, thankfully, I have not had to uh, deal with anything. But it is hurtful, though. Like, the things that he is saying, like, cannot be taken lightly and need to be, like, confronted and called out because you can't just blame an entire country, an entire race of people for a global pandemic. You can't name, like make the Asian population feel less than because of this association that they have because of their looks to something else. And if anything, again, going back to high school, because that's where I've like uh, been surrounded by the, I would say the most ignorant people in my life when the swine flu was a thing. Oof. That was, that was much more, um, a lot more comments were made towards me about the swine flu and my race and, being in combination with that then currently with the coronavirus and again a lot of it has to do with the people who are in my life then versus now Mm. and so like it's not out of the question that I would ever get a comment like that or have someone say something rude and I've grown since then so now I would be like yo (laughs) you can't say that that's not okay like I would be confident enough to call them out on their crap versus high school Jasmine who was just like ha 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 laugh it off (laughs) (laughs) yeah yes I feel you (laughs) I mean no uh, somewhat (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) cause a certain high school teacher was I was ready to throw down um not even gonna lie (laughs) Catch me in the right moment, and I would. I mean, I believe you, girl. I believe you. I, I ain't messing. Sure. Um, well, I just love this time. Um, 
and we can definitely it could for sure go on um yeah. and on but we won't hold our people's hostage we're listening <laughs> um but is there anything you'd like to share um maybe a little tidbit of encouragement or what is like some self-care that you've been doing um during this time you know a little something you want to share with the people Oh, my self-care, I think, honestly comes from my friendships and in cultivating those close few that I have now. And that's taken time. And you don't find those people right away. It takes time to grow in relationships and find out who your inner circle is. But having those people to, one, hold me accountable and to just talk through things with even the really difficult stuff has been really helpful for me because it helps me to process. I'm a much more, like external processor i don't do well when i keep it bottled inside <laughs> so talking about it has been great and so ha having those people in my life have been truly truly like life-giving during this whole entire past year with yeah. everything yes i love that yeah community is is super important it's so it's something i've we've, i've touched on with others in past um convos in episodes but jasmine i just want to say thank you for being on with me today um thank you so much for having me yes. on. i've enjoyed this conversation this yes time. i i always love talking to you especially when i get to see your beautiful face um <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah and just people just if you don't know, don't say nothing is what we're trying to kind of throw out there. And yeah. be nice when you can be nice. And if you be nice means you shut up, then do it. Okay? Yes. And that's it for Tish's thoughts. Again, thank you for Jasmine for joining me. And be on the lookout for the next episode. You can find me at Tisha's Thoughts on IG. That's T-W-S-H-S -S, Thoughts. And, you know, website coming soon, other things coming soon, merch. Be on the lookout. So, yeah, exciting things are afoot. And welcome to season two. Bye. Say bye, Jasmine. Goodbye, world. <laughs>